Welcome to Food Friends. I'm Carrie. And I'm Sonia. We met in Los Angeles over 15 years ago as private chefs and haven't stopped talking about food since. We created Food Friends to share our stories and recipes with each other and you. We're so glad you're here. Today's episode is all about chocolate chip cookies, including the chocolate chip cookie recipe Sonia has been working on for over 15 years. I'm stunned by the depth of her research and devotion to this treat, revealing a world about chocolate, butter, and sugar that I barely knew existed. Keep listening to hear more about our favorite cookies. Hi, Sonia. Hi, I'm already smiling. My cheeks hurt seeing you. (laughs) Agreed. Um, Well, I want to talk about something super specific today. Um, I want to talk about chocolate chip cookies. And I heard something recently that I need to ask you about, which is (laughs) I heard that your chocolate chip cookies are famous in Portland. And now I feel like- You know, it's just this rumor going around. And listen, I've known you for a long time. I know you're a great cookie maker, but now it seems like people know about this. And also- You're discovered. You've been discovered. I've been discovered, low key. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to have to, you know, have a little humility, but I can't say that you're entirely wrong. Um, I also don't think you have tried- my most current version of chocolate chip cookies. I don't think I have because the last time I visited Portland was before you opened up Beetroot. And then I unfortunately did not make it back before there was a global pandemic. And um, I I missed out on that experience. I was in the space before it was built out. Yeah, that was really special when you visited. And it was when I was still finalizing my cookie recipe, which by the way, like I think you know I'm obsessed with cookies in general. Um, yes, and I think you know that I am as well. I was about yes. to say, and and you are an incredible <laughs> cookie maker, and among your clients are very well known for your various cookies, which we'll have to get into. I don't like making cookies, though. I only do it because I have to sometimes. <laughs> I'd rather just eat other people's cookies. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles. There's like so many amazing cookie makers here. We are one down since you have left us, um, but Portland is really benefiting from these. <laughs> I I hear that's what well, I hear. Okay, I mean, although to be fair, I'm not really selling them very often, but they still make their rounds. I, the thing is, when I spent ten years developing a chocolate chip cookie recipe, like it became my obsession. So I think we have to start, and I want I'm going to share as much as I can yeah, without sharing. I want to know. I yes. want to know like what because I think people have different. There are so many different versions of – if we're really just talking about like a chocolate chip cookie, there's so many different versions of it. And I also think those things are very personal. They're so personal. And I am not even here to judge. Like I feel like everyone should have their version of their perfect cookie and – There's space for all the There's space for all the cookies. Who doesn't love a chocolate chip cookie? Let's be honest. And even though I have like my ideal version, there's not one chocolate chip cookie I'm mad at in the world. Even Chips Ahoy, I'll take a bite of. You know, I don't know. Fair enough. It's not like I'm going to ever buy it, but if you're sitting in front of a plate of chocolate chip cookies, you're not going to eat one? That Yes, it's true. Like who's going to say no to a chocolate chip cookie? So, okay. So I love – and I have an appreciation. By the way, there are times where like – I might be into like a crispy chocolate chip cookie or um, you know, remember that when Allison Romans like – Oh, had a, that shortbread one. Yes. Oh, it was like a yes. chocolate chip cookie shortbread. It was in yes. her first book, um, I think, which was called Dining In. I think that was her first book. And it went viral. And it was like yes. one of the first like 
viral Instagram things. And she's so crafty and smart about how to do that. And it was a great recipe, but chocolate chip shortbread is not like my personal ideal version of a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, but I'm not mad at that cookie. It's delicious. It's delicious. That cookie you know who, is yeah, great. The first person to bring that cookie to my house was actually my brother-in-law. Oh. In pandemic, he became a baker. And that was one of the first things I remember him bringing to us were these were those cookies and they are delicious. They're deli- like but I, but I, not but not like not kind of like that signature chocolate chip cookie. Like it's slightly well, different. My my chocolate. And I want to know yeah. what's yours because I since I don't even know this. All due respect to her, Please love describe. the cookie. My dream chocolate chip cookie is very crispy on the edges, like those lacy, crispy, dark, varnished kind of brown edges with like a very soft, squishy-ish, dense center. But is it mainly flat? Is your cookie mainly fat? No, I have more to to say. It doesn't end there. Um, So those are just the textural notes. I want layers of chocolate. I want... I want like not just chips. I want like little gooey spots and I want like spots of the cookie where you can taste more of the butter and the chocolate doesn't overwhelms it, overwhelm it. I want a balance of cookie and chocolate and different notes. And so this will Wait, get into- your, your cookies don't have, they have more than one kind of chocolate? They oh, have, yes. They have, oh, th- they have a minimum of three kinds of chocolate. What? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's get down to it. I'm going to okay. I'm gonna pull this recipe out of you before the end of this podcast. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to share aspects of wh- how I got to my recipe without sharing my recipe. As most of you all know- You're going to drop some breadcrumbs and someone yes. is going to figure it out. Yeah, certainly. And, and I welcome that. More I'm not, to them. It's just, I pretty, I love sharing recipes. I think that's part of being a cook is to not keep things secret. And I, Agreed. Will, I will share almost any recipe on the planet that I've ever developed, even ones that I've spent many, many years developing. But there's something about this one- it's it was just that good <laughs> that I like am still holding on to it as my own. Um, so when I had the deli, you know, when we opened, I didn't think the chocolate chip cookie was going to be a thing that took off. I knew I wanted to have a great cookie on our menu just because I love them. But you know, I was making rigolach, I was making babkas, I was making other Jewish desserts at the deli, and we were serving other things. But like from the day one, I think I had chocolate chip cookies, and once I had them, I could never not have them. And we had so many customers come in just for cookies. Like it got like word got well, around that town. Makes sense because it's like it's a it's a dessert that's portable. It's like a slice of pizza, right? You can yes. take it, you can eat it when you're walking down the street. Um, you know, I like we keep we keep chocolate chip cookies in our freezer so that there's always something to eat if you need, you know, a little sweetness at the end of the day. Well, we so need to talk like, about the freezer as part of we'll the cookie. Do that, yes. Yeah. But okay, so people really love these cookies. And, I, and that's since day when I, one. yeah, since day one. And I, I bring that up only because, like, I wasn't even aware. Cause sometimes you're developing something in private and you don't know. And I had this lucky, like, laboratory where I got to see, like, that not only was it my vision, but all these other people shared a vision of their perfect cookie. And so to have the feedback of, like, oh my God, it's the reward of the effort, which I yes. just want to get back to. When you become Ten years upset. Of effort. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 10 so, years of effort. So that's, so you're going to keep it. You're going to keep the cook. You're going to keep the actual recipe. You're not going to 
post no, the No, I'm not going to post the recipe. But-, but someday you're going to open up another deli and you're going to sell these <laughs> so that regular people in like their everyday lives can have your cookies <laughs> at some point. So, okay. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I discovered on my cookie making journey yes. and also some recipes that I really like that are out there that you can follow at home. The triple chocolate thing I did not invent. I am not the inventor of a triple chocolate. There's multiple triple chocolate recipes in this the world. This is my first time hearing of this triple chocolate situation. So what's triple chocolate? I do a mix of milk chocolate because I love the sweetness and creaminess of a milk chocolate. I do a 55 to 65% semi-sweet or dark chocolate. It doesn't matter to me whether it's semi-sweet or dark, but something in the 55% to 65% range. And that gives it, it's like kind of like a semi-sweetness. Like it's that dark chocolate flavor, but it still has quite a bit of sweetness. And then I also add a 70% chocolate. So a chocolate that has really what? strong bitterness and and that almost like coffee flavor. It's so dark oh and no gosh. sugar. I've never heard of this. And I also want to say about this because each of the chocolates have its own kind of like I said, creaminess and and the texture that comes the texture of a seventy percent. Did you use all okay. chips? No, so, you're not going to tell this. No, 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 no. I will. Okay. I don't. I prefer not to use chips at all unless you can find baker's chips, which are those like wide discs. The yes. thing about chocolate chips is they have a waxy coating, so it affects how they melt. So I prefer what I would use is discs. You could, and of course, like I. In the restaurant, I had the ability to buy things from specialty purveyors that are kind of harder to find in grocery stores, but you can find them sometimes at like, you know, specialty online stores, baking like, stores online. Right. But even if I'm going to just the regular store, like let's say I run out of all my ingredients now, I'm a home baker, I'm not a professional baker, I still will do a combination of things. I look for baking chips or baking discs wherever I can. And if I can't find them, I'm just getting chocolate bars. I'm getting straight up bars. You have really thought about this so much more. Like this is enlightening for me. I've never oh, thought I've this really much thought about, about chocolate. This. I just like want to consume them. I've yeah. never really thought this deeply about like the the thought the idea that the chips that you buy at the store, which I've I mean I've used some of those baking discs before. Like we used to have this. Well, we still have this really great restaurant supply store in LA that sells those discs. But like it's a it's a slog to get there. So yes. I'm usually just buying like most people. I'm buying chips at the store. So I've never thought about this idea of how they melt. I don't think you understand how granular I can get about this, this which I kind of don't want. I'm afraid to go too granular and bore people. But the thing about the discs versus chocolate bars, if we're just going to call it, so this is what I do. I have a certain weight of chocolate that I put into my batches. I do things okay, by like weight. in your ratio. Yeah, yes. you have. Okay. Everything and, in my recipes right. by weight, not by cup. So that's okay. another little trick because that creates consistency. Whether they're a bar or a disc, I'm chop- rough chopping them. Okay. Okay. So that means there's all kinds of irregular right. shards of chocolate. Right. Now, if you're using a bar, you're going to have all kinds of itty bitty shavings, which right. is not like a bad thing. It's just a thing to be aware of. If you're chopping discs for whatever reason, you don't get those as many of those little tiny fine pieces. You right. get more like you get little crumbles, but not fine slivers. That it makes sense. It splinters differently. It yeah, splinters the, differently. The bars splinter differently than the discs do. Yeah. Okay. okay. So these are so this is what I mean. So when I'm biting into my cookie that I make, I'm having this like textural thing of both the right. dough and the chocolate and the flavors. And now you have to have a lot of salt. You have to have the right amount of salt and yeah. not too salty. Not too salty, but you need salt. It needs that, it needs that counterpoint. 
I use good European butter, right, European like style, butter fat, high right. butter fat. There, because right. I feel like you can taste the butter. I want to taste the butter in I my cookie. I taste the butter in my cookie. It's a part of the deal. Like that's part of the yes. Okay. I use a higher ratio of brown sugar to white sugar. I this do that. Is, you do. I do that. Yes. I have a recipe where I actually brown the butter. Yes, I know that recipe. Um, that you and make. that was yeah that that was based on what my mom's friend Pam. Um, this woman, she was like my friend's mom. My mom got her recipe, and I have used her recipe for years and years and years. But the only change I've made is that I brown the butter, Amazing. and then I let it cool, and then I put it in. I remember this about your cookies and I love – by the way, in the category of chocolate chip cookies that I love, a brown butter cookie is one of them. I just think the texture is different. The texture is totally different. No, from what you're describing, the texture is totally different. And there's a – I mean, I guess like unsurprisingly, a brown butter cookie makes a brown cookie. Like the cookie is – the cookie – to your point, the texture is different, but it's also like – the color is different. Yes. Okay, so keep going. And, I'm and I'll just add a thing, and we can link it later. But Bon Appetit has a really good brown butter cookie recipe, and they also have a good standard chocolate chip cookie recipe. If you're looking for ones to play around with, those are two I recommend. Also, America's Test Kitchen has mm. a recipe where they add powdered milk powder. No. Yes. Really? Yes. It's a weird ingredient. Wait, what does that do with the texture? Have you made that recipe? Yes, I have made that recipe and it was pretty high up on my list for a while, but I really don't like having recipes where there's a complicated ingredient. And even though I've said the chocolate sounds complicated, it's actually a lot easier to find chocolate. Right. Well, you can still get bars at your grocery store and you can still get like – you said the milk chocolate, the semi-sweet, and the dark. Like any grocery store is going to have those variants. Yes. And if I'm in a bind, I'm at home and I have like just chocolate chips, or even if I have like white chocolate or butterscotch chips, I'll throw that in too. Like I feel like the more different kinds of chocolate, the better it is. The point is powdered milk powder, I found at the grocery store. I found at like my local Safeway, but it's right. just not, it's just a weird thing to keep in the house. Like well, you don't uh, yeah, use it. Like, no, yeah. Most people don't just keep that. Yeah. And how okay. often are you making these cookies and you only need like a tablespoon or some small amount? So it's like, right. I don't love having ingredients in the house that I only need a spoonful of. But if you're into that, if you're into the idea of that, it does create like a, um, there's a softness in the texture of the cookie that's really lovely. And I think it comes from that powdered milk. And again, like a creaminess. Okay. So that recipe is out there, America's Test Kitchen, their chocolate chip cookie. So those are the some of the recipes that I've played around with and liked. Can we just talk yes. about like the... What about Toll House? What about the Toll House recipe? Because that's – you're making a face and people cannot see your face right now. You're making a face. No, I mean, it's that people – someone who doesn't bake that often, like, will often – will just – and this is also a thing, like, if you go on vacation or whatever and you're like, we're just going to make some chocolate chip cookies. And if someone doesn't make them so often that they remember them – back in the years when I was working as chef, I knew that recipe off the top of my head. I could make it any day of the week. But, like, if you just go to the store and you, you can get the Toll House recipe, it's available everywhere. And I also heard recently someone was using the Trader Joe's chocolate chip recipe, and they really like that one too. So Okay, I believe it. And I used to only make the Toll House recipe growing up. I just found, to my liking – they always came out too cakey. They're always a little cakey. That's true. Is that true? I mean, that was my experience. But my friend, yes. I had this friend. For me, they're a little cake. They're a little cakey for me. Okay, but here's the thing. This is how obsessed I am. Because I've Clearly. pretty much anywhere I've ever lived. This is a revelation it, for me, by the way. I feel like well, I know you very, very well. I know your like cookie situation and all those things. But like, 
this revelation of how deep – I didn't even realize how deeply you went down this rabbit hole. So pretty much any time I've ever had a good cookie in my life, I have to find out who made it and what they did. So there was some point maybe – a decade ago, I was working on a project and this woman brought in her her cookies. I was like, these are amazing. What is your secret? Because again, I'm obsessed. Right. She was like, I'll tell you the secret. I use the Toll House recipe, but I only ever bake them on a pizza stone. I was like, excuse me? She goes, you have to bake them on a pizza stone. Otherwise, they won't be chewy. I, my mind, like literally, <laughs> I had the mind blown emoji going on. Wow. Okay. Do you, are you so? Are you saying you trace your cookie obsession back to this moment? When no, this no, no. This was you? on the journey. This, this was, was on the journey. So then I tried funny. her method, and it was pretty good, except for the pizza stone part of it. I just get my pizza Not stone. Not everybody so, has a pizza stone. Yeah, and it was always like in an awkward part of my kitchen because I never yeah. used it. And so then I that was kind like, of equipment. I'm like, Ugh, am I going to like exactly. unload half of the cupboard to get that thing out? Ugh, exactly. No. So I was like, totally. okay, I can't, this isn't going to be the recipe for me, but I love that that's her technique and I love that right. it works for her. Right. I had a friend. Maybe from- she has more space, storage space in her, in her kitchen. And so like getting the stone out is like not a big deal for her. I don't know? know what it is, but it works for her. So right. I, God bless I mean, her. God bless yeah. Her. Yes. It was amazing. Yes. And at some point in my cookie journey, I also – I remembered a friend from high school always had the best chewy cookies. So her name is Crystal. And I was like, Crystal, can you tell me the secret to your cookies? Like I remember you always had great cookies. And she's like, well, the secret is you have to mix everything with a wooden spoon. Metal can never touch the batter. Again, oh, my mind again. gets blown, I know. right? I know. <laughs> like, but so she doesn't use an electric mixer, which my no. mother always used. And when we – you know, when you're in like junior high and high school, you're starting to like – do baking, getting out that mixer is so fun. Yes. But then like now, as you know how much I hate to do dishes and pull out things that I don't like, like to use, like I would never, ever – I don't even own a mixer anymore like that. What? Oh my goodness. I don't own a hand mixer. Oh, but you have a stand mixer. I have a stand mixer, but oh. it really is a decoration in my kitchen, let's be really? honest. Oh yeah, I never use oh, it. Oh, I use my stand mixer so much the top of it fell off the base this year. <laughs> That's tracks for me. Yeah. yeah. So I make my cookies in a stand mixer. I don't follow my friend Crystal's advice, although I love her advice. And please, like what I'm what I'm trying to share is like I feel like these are all the things I collected that led me to what I want to create. Recipe, right. But I love the idea that there's just a world of people obsessed with cookies and each one has their own secret. That's part of what I think is the yeah. magic of chocolate chip cookies. And, and again, what are you discovering on this journey? Totally. Exactly. The last um, thing that I'll say is I also mix the butter and sugar together for an incredibly long time. I get really fluffy. Air, a lot of air. I cream the them. butter and sugar in the stand mixer for like – a solid five to six minutes. Oh wow! So I'm not. I'm yeah, investing. I definitely some did time. not have that that like patience when I was learning to make cookies. I was just like, how can we get these in the oven and eat them? You know. And your cookies are delicious. Like this is the thing. I don't think it. I think the Toll House are delicious. I think pretty yeah. much every cookie recipe out there is going to have something wonderful about it. But it's just if you become a complete obsessed nerd about cookies, then you can go and develop well, then your own. You're, then you, I mean, I, I'll i say it first. I know that you wouldn't say this, but then you can become the chocolate chip cookie queen of Portland because <laughs> that's that sounds like what you, what people are saying about you up there. Uno- unofficially. <laughs> I mean, uh, 
I don't know if, I, if everyone's in the know, but the people that are in the know are in the know. And I can tell you that it has always been a good thing for me to trade stuff. You know, there's a farmer, oh, right. there's a farmer who's use, always right. been so kind to me and always given me like, like discounts or things like that. And I started realizing like, I have to do something for this farmer. Like I can't just accept this generosity. I have to return it. And so I started just bringing him the cookies and that's been a very great relationship between us. It's really strengthened our bond. So um, I'm going to figure out how I can get my hands on some of these cookies. Okay. So, all right. So that's really it. I mean, that's what I have to share about it. Oh, no. There's one very important detail, and this is something I know you can speak to. Okay. And this is the part that people aren't going to love. I feel like you need to freeze your dough before you bake it. And I feel like it affects the quality of the cookie. Well, something I cannot offer like the world's greatest chocolate chip cookie recipe to this conversation. I have not thought about it nearly as much as you have. But back in the days when I was working as a private chef, I did make a lot of chocolate chip cookies. And I was also at the time going to this place in town that was in my neighborhood when I, where I was living at the time, um, this place called Surface, which was a, you know, a restaurant supply store. And one of the best things about this restaurant supply store was that they also had a cafe, which yeah. I really liked. And they- Surface is such a great place. I just am happy every time I'm in there. Yeah. And like there was this really lovely man that ran the the cafe. His name was Marcos. And he made like the best breakfast panini when he made it. Because they they were always pre-made and then they put them on the the griddle. But like when he made it, it was the best. And it's like I can still see his face. Like these people were like so important to my business. I mean, I it was really when I was building my business. And anyway, they sold their chocolate chip cookie dough and they called them pucks. Yeah. And they would of course, like I growing up, my mom would freeze dough and you could freeze dough in a ball and you can buy frozen dough in a ball and all those things. But this is – that was the first time I'd ever heard them called a puck. And by puck, I think they were referring to like a hockey puck because – they would roll it in a log and then slice it? No, because I think the, what my interpretation of what they did was they had like a ball of dough and then they would lightly flatten it. So oh. it was literally like a hockey puck. It was huh. like this sort of like a disc – that was still round. It just helped. Like if you took a ball of dough, frozen dough, and then stuck it right into a hot oven, there would kind of be this like dome mound, this like yes. mound in the middle. Yes. And and I think they like because these were also people who were chefs and ran a cafe. They were like, well, if you just do the the ball, then you're still gonna end up with that that little mound. And they didn't like it that way. So, so funny. Just- we had customers who needed to have the mound in the cookie. (gasps) Like who were like, this is why I like this cookie. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Well, they made this puck and I thought that was brilliant. And so I took that idea and I, for my clients, I would make chocolate chip cookie dough and I would leave it in their freezer such that one of the families that I worked for, their children were eight and 10 when I first started working for them. And I worked for them for many years. When their daughter graduated from college, the gift I gave her was a bag of pucks. Amazing. In addition to a few other things that I cooked for her. Well, who doesn't but, want that? But it was like that was one of the things that people really like sometimes people would like take that on vacation with them. Like you could take a bag of frozen pucks with you or whatever. Because the so, truth is like sometimes getting like a dozen or two dozen cookies, like it's they're not gonna stay as good. And yes. How many yes. are you gonna eat in one day? I mean, if you can eat two dozen, that's amazing. But I think that's the genius thing about frozen, giving the gift of frozen dough. And actually at one point in the pandemic we were selling frozen dough at the deli. Because sometimes you really just want one or two cookies and you can do that with frozen dough. You can bake off. 
Just yeah, a and that was something that they write. They liked a warm, gooey cookie. Like that's that was like the experience that they liked. That's actually not my favorite experience. I love a chocolate chip cookie that has been baked and frozen and is crunchy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. Again, mind blown. So you're saying you don't ever freeze your dough raw? Well, except Sometimes for your clients. Yeah, for your clients, yeah. you were making dough pucks. That that was like frozen raw dough that they could bake off. Yes, that they could bake off whatever, however many want, they wanted at a time. Because they liked the experience of a warm cookie. Like comes out of the oven and like you're like, how many seconds do I have to count before I can like tear through this cookie? Right. Because it kind of falls apart, you right. know? And like they they liked that, which is great. That's not my preferred method of cookie cons- consumption. So you, what you do is you bake off your cookie fully? Yes. I, I make the whole batch. I, I bake all of them and then I put them into bags and I freeze them. And then and when I you think, defrost yeah, them? What, I don't defrost them. I eat them frozen. I like them frozen. Oh my gosh. And if I'm going to eat like multiple cookies, I like to go in, I get them one at a time and close the freezer because I like them as crunchy and frozen as possible. I, I like, wish people could see my expression because, like, literally, <laughs> I, it's you're. It's so funny. It's, it's like funny. how I how I feel about learning that you're like the chocolate chip cookie queen of Portland. <laughs> oh you know, God. I thought I knew you. Um, yeah, I really don't like them half frozen. I like them hard, frozen, crunchy. And I think part of where this came from is that, and we've talked a little bit about this before the podcast and also on the podcast, how my mom and dad bring food. Yeah. My mom brings all this food that she makes for us or buys from my hometown. And my mom always brings a bag of chocolate chip cookies for James. And now that I have a son, she brings them for James and Mac. But when my mom brings them, it's like three or four dozen. Like we can't consume those in a couple of days. And cookies are sad. If they sit out for a few days, they get dried out. And there's that trick where you can add like a a piece of bread and then the bread like – I don't like – that doesn't really work for me. And so the minute my mom arrives, I take like a dozen out. I put them in a Tupperware and I take that plastic bag and I freeze the rest of them. And then That's we- why I can't send you cookies because I know that over even overnight shipping is going to create a different texture and I want you to have the full experience. I guess yeah. I could figure out how to sell, send you the frozen ones. Well, anyway, I'm, just, I'm anyway. I'm due for a trip up to Portland anyway, so I can we'll, get them we'll make. One of those we have days. to like start forming a list of the things yes. I have to make you yes. when you're here. <laughs> Not to and mention everywhere we have to go and eat, which is the yes. whole other list. Yes. But but you know when my mom hasn't come to visit and like I really don't. I honestly don't make a lot of time to make cookies these days. You know, I live in the city of Los Angeles. There's so many great bakeries all around me. And so depending on where we're at in the city or where I've gone to buy bread, I usually pick up a few cookies and there's almost always frozen cookies in our freezer. So Um, they're just like the cookies – from a from a bakery, and you bakery. just stick it, and you always them eat bag. them fully frozen. I love them fully frozen. Yeah. Well, can I just say in this category of frozen desserts, I love a fully frozen brownie, like a fudgy brownie. Really, I always stick if I make a big batch of brownies and I have leftovers. Is it hard to bite through? Not if it's, it's much like more than a cookie. Like the, the no. cookie like crumbles. No, but isn't I, a brownie like fudgy and hard to like? My experience has been that it softens just enough even within a few minutes. Mm. And I also like cut them into small cubes before I freeze them. Like, so like one inch to two inch cubes. I don't cut them into like- like a brownie bite. You're, like it's you're, not, exactly. you're talking more about a brownie bite than you are like it's like a full size brownie. Yes, I don't do a full size brownie, but if I have okay. leftover brownies, I cut them into little bites, stick them in a like a quart container in my freezer and pull them out and eat them with ice cream or eat them on oh, their that own. that sounds outrageous. That's 
Well, the along frozen those, cookie. The frozen cookie. And along those lines, my grandma Lauritsen used to make these. They we called them peanut butter balls in our family. I have now changed that name to peanut butter bites because I just feel like it's a little it just sounds a little better for me. But it basically what it is is a it's like rice krispies, crunchy peanut butter and butter in the inside and you roll it you you make this dough. It's a no bake dough. Wait, and rice krispies peanut rice butter. Rice krispies crunchy peanut it has to be crunchy, crunchy peanut butter. So there's like the peanut butter plus little pieces of peanut. Rice Krispies and then butter and sugar hold it together. Butter and powdered sugar hold it together. So it's like a little um, like melted butter or softened butter. Um, it's melted, uh-huh. but so you just get this crispiness and crunchiness and sweetness. And then my grandmother would dip those in chocolate. Amazing. And she would have them at Christmas, and she'd put them in these like tins. You know, Ugh. like my family is very oh. Danish, and so we always had those like Danish cookies. I love those tins. You know, those blue tins, of course I do. Well, my grandmother would use those, reuse those all the time. My so grandmother would. Re- I still have my grandmother's old tin because that stop. I kept one of them because it just makes me feel so happy to see it. I wish I had kept. I wish I had kept rubies. Well, anyway, she would, but she would put them upstairs in her bedroom because she knew that like the grandkids there were a bunch of us and so she knew that we would like look all around the the house for them and we would open them so we would inevitably discover them and we would try to eat just enough that we didn't like get caught or whatever but again like I don't really love to bake so much so when I make these recipes I make them and I freeze them and I have realized that I prefer them frozen I like the texture of that wow we've learned so much about your frozen cookie relationship that I this is really revelatory And I love – this is what I'm saying about cookies. I don't think that, like, you should like the cookies I like or the way I like to eat them and vice versa. Like, I don't know that I'm going to be eating a ton of frozen chocolate chip cookies, but I believe it's delicious. Yeah, I like the crunchiness. Mm -hmm. And there was this other sort of, like, no-bake – again, it's, like, a very – mid. in some ways, it's, like, a very Midwestern. It's, like, the no-bake cookie situation that's not really a cookie. There were these things called peanut butter haystacks. And you would use those – Pretzels? chow mein noodles no like a can of chow mein noodles <laughs> right like the crunchy oh one. i've had this i yes. know what you're talking about and it's kind of like puppy chow which we talked about yes. recently where it's like you take the checks cereal and then you pour over a mixture of like peanut butter melted, and chocolate yeah melted chocolate and peanut butter and so this is a similar thing but the haystacks part of their deal was that you could get them like in the most common one was butterscotch so it was like chocolate chips butterscotch chips melted and then poured over these chow mein noodles. And then what you do is they, the reason why they're called a haystack is that you kind of like mound them in these little, yes, in these like little, um, piles and then they cool. Right. And so then they're kind of stuck together, but the best way to consume those dudes is like put them in the freezer and then they're so crunchy and they just like, they sort of shatter when you eat them. They're okay, so the- delicious. I mean, I just continue to love how much I learn from you about American food because, again, because I was so sheltered from these kinds of recipes in my childhood and I crave them and I keep telling you I wish I – my dream would have been to eat all these things as a kid. So I have to make them. But wait, I have one other thing to say about the freezer stuff. There are certain cookies I have to eat frozen. I bet you can guess. Can you guess what cookie on earth? A sugar cookie? 
A no. Girl Scout Thin Mint. Oh, God, yes. That's the other. I meant to bring that up. The Girl Scout cookies, you kind of have to, like, our family's rule is, like, when you see the Girl Scouts, you buy the cookies. Yeah. Which is becoming harder and harder now that we know more. You know, my son is growing up. He has friends that are girls. They're Girl Scouts. And so, like, every time that you see them, you're like, oh, okay, I'll buy a couple boxes. And then suddenly we have, like, 12 boxes at our house. You can't just keep – the best way to keep them is in the freezer, you know? But I don't even think you're – like legally allowed to eat a thin mint that's not frozen. It doesn't. It falls apart into powder. Like yeah. it requires the it requires stiff the frozenness. The, it really I like does. the peanut butter sandwich cookies, which I think are called the dosi dos. It's like a. It's a peanut butter. It's a peanut butter with like the the peanut butter cream in between. It's mm. not the one with the chocolate on it because there's yes. the other one. I like tagalongs. The, is that the peanut that's butter? That's the one? tagalong. Is the one that's the chocolate one? Okay. I think. But I like the sandwich cookie. I love this exploration of all the different ways to make and enjoy and, you know, source different cookies. And it, it made me think of one last cookie that I want to bring up before we we wrap up today. There's a cookie you introduced me to that I make all the time now that I think is so genius. And it's that three-ingredient or four-ingredient peanut butter cookie. Oh, Right. Yes. We'll link yeah. all this. I think it we should was, both Yeah, it's the it's yeah. it's like an internet sensation. It's like a cup of peanut butter, a cup of sugar, and an egg. And if that's all you have, you can make a cookie. I would add like a little bit of um, salt to that. It's a brilliant recipe and it works every time. It works every time. And so I started making them and then I would like melt some chocolate and drizzle it over the cookie. So not like fully dipped in chocolate, but just like that little bit of chocolate on top. Right. Oh gosh. Yum. I mean, um, those are good frozen too, I actually, like I yeah, think. Yeah, those are really good frozen. And the other – actually, I have one more thing that might be useful to this conversation, which is we – on spring break, we took a road trip. We went and stayed at this farm in Northern California. And when we arrived, there were fresh-baked monster cookies. And a mm. monster cookie is like the one that's kind of like everything but the kitchen sink. There's like peanut butter in it. There's M&Ms. There's oatmeal. There's chocolate chips. Um, sometimes there's nuts. Like they're just – they just sort of throw, throw everything in. And, you know, we, we were staying at a working farm. This woman that we were renting the place from was also like milking like 400 cows a day or something. And so I said to her, I was like, "Where? Did, how did you make these cookies? And she goes, oh, did you see in the freezer – there's a huge batch of frozen dough. And so yeah. I just make a big batch of dough and then I scoop out a little bit and bake them fresh for people, which was such a nice – it was so nice to be her guest. She thought of this and prepared just a little bit and had this cookie dough and it was such a nice – I think I didn't finish saying this earlier, but the reason I also like freezing dough is for exactly that reason. It's like having – frozen stock in your fridge or yes. frozen soup and sorry in your freezer having frozen soup in your freezer having cookie dough in your freezer is just like always going to be in handy and come in handy and you can always make something for someone or if you have a guest last minute you can bake off some cookies but also there's something that happens to the dough when it gets frozen because I've done a lot of tests between dough that you just make right away versus dough that you refrigerate right. versus you dough that you that. freeze. You really want you make your dough and then you like to freeze it because the textural difference is correct important. and the flavor. It's not just texture; it somehow right. deepens the flavor. Yes, and I think look like if you don't have time or you're just so excited to have cookies, I would never say like if you don't do this step, it's the end of the world. I'm just right. saying. If you can, it's great. And also, then you also have 
frozen cookie dough in your freezer and you, you, you can bake off as many cookies or as few cookies as you want. A woman who confessed to me that she makes 2,000 holiday cookies at the end of the year every year. And I was like, what? And oh she goes, Lord. yeah, in July, I start testing recipes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to send you this recipe and you can taste taste test it. The idea um, of that is very overwhelming even to oh, me. Yeah. But yeah. I, okay. So there's – I think we have another homework assignment, which is we got to round up some of our favorite recipes to yes. share with everyone. And yes. I want to mention two other cookies before you know we sign off. Um we can't, th- we, we can't stop. We can't stop. We can't stop talking about, about cookies. <laughs> I have to mention two other cookies because I think I talked about a lot of cookies that like you have to bake off and eat fresh. Like chocolate chip cookies are really best eaten fresh. We've agreed yes. on that. Or well, straight or from your freezer. Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> In any yeah. event, they're not like great for the tin that you ship off across the country. Right. right. So I do have two cookies that I love that you can make ahead of time and that stay really delicious for a full week. And one of them is rigolach. And I, what I love about rigolach, and I can definitely share my recipe, is that I actually make and form them and freeze them as well. And then I bake them off. Like I do the egg wash right before baking it off, basically. So I like to keep a little stash of rigolach in my freezer. And once they're baked, they stay really fresh. Like they taste, they taste good for a full week, in my opinion. So you'll be baking these and shipping them to me? Because there's like not an issue with the shipping time. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I guess. And then you'll be making your raspberry cookies and <laughs> yes. shipping them to me. Yes, those raspberry spoon cookies. Okay. The last recipe the last also – and Rigolach, by the way, I did not invent either. There's so many great recipes. Um, but Wait, the last, Can I just add yeah. one thing, which is where I grew up, they call them Jumer cinnamon rolls. That's what my mother calls Rugula. What? And they're called – there was a, a hotel – like near where I grew up. I'm sure that no one besides like my little area called them this, but they were not called rucola. And even still to this day, like my parents don't realize like at Jewish delis, it's all called rucola. My mom's like, those are called Jumer cinnamon rolls. And it's basically like they're named after this hotel that used to serve them. What's the hotel? It was called Jumers. Jumer, almost like Jewish, but Jumers. Yes. Very I mean, confusing. Yes. So confusing. But that's like wow. still in my family to this day, like in my parents, you know, my family of origin, we still call them. That but do they have fr- fruity or chocolate fillings or just cinnamon? It was only cinnamon. Okay. There was so no other. The yes. thing about rugelach is that, yes, there are cinnamon rugelach, but there are equally chocolate or fruit filled yes. ones. There's also yeasted rugelach. And then there's also the like short bready. It's actually a cream cheese based dough. But the rugelach that I make are a little simpler because they don't involve rising dough. They're the, they're, it's a cream cheese and butter base and you add okay. no sugar to the dough. So all the sweetness comes from the filling, the filling. whether it's chocolate or cinnamon sugar or cinnamon sugar and jam. Do, or yeah, do you do jam, like a raspberry or And something? I do jam and chocolate too. Like I'll oh, mix, wow. I'll do raspberry chocolate or marionberry chocolate, but oh we'll share those. The last cookie, and then really, I mean, we yeah, could go on and on. We could go on forever. Um, that I will link for everyone is Dory Greenspan's World Peace Cookies, which have you ever tried those? I don't think I have tried them, but I whatever Dory Greenspan says, I listen to. I just haven't so discovered So before Allison Roman... Dory Greenspan truly had the first viral cookie, which, and it's not even that dissimilar to um, Allison Roman's, but it's a chocolate shortbread. And then it has like chocolate chips in it. And it isn't even like the most beautiful cookie, 
but it is one of the most delicious cookies, which is why she calls it a world peace cookie. And and if you don't know Dory Greenspan, she's this incredible um, cookbook author. She worked yes. for Julia Child. She worked yes, for famous French it, bakers. Like, her entire life, yes. She's a legend. We, we have a lot world. to thank. We have a lot of reasons to thank Dory Greenspan. She's especially incredible with her cookie recipes. So we'll link the world peace cookie because that's really readily okay. available. Um, okay. and, and you're saying that those – like those ship those, well. Can, those ship well. That's good to know. Well, I feel exhausted and also I'm struggling. <laughs> I feel like we've covered so much. I, there were so many revelations in this conversation. I had no idea that you were such a famous cookie maker <laughs> and also that you had thought so deeply about – I really appreciate the extent of thought. And I, I had no idea that anyone ate chocolate chip cookies frozen and that you were one of those people, and now I have to try it. And also, just but the- I don't even sit down. Like and Mac yeah. would be, I'm always yelling at Mac to sit down while he eats, and like I just stand outside of the freezer and eat them one at a time. It's- but let's be honest, the best foods are the ones that you eat standing up yes, outside of yes. the refrigerator or in front of the sink or wherever. Totally, yeah, totally. Yes. Oh my gosh, you're so true. Okay, um, I know. I really feel like we were just baking cookies for an hour. So yes, yes. so it's time to yeah. It's time to to sign off. Um, This was wonderful. And let's do it again soon. I can't wait. I love you and I appreciate you. I love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being our food friend. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with friends. We love hearing from you. So follow us on Instagram or drop us a line at foodfriendspodcast.com. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and your food friends. Happy cooking and eating.